749. So now let's cross to Jenny Town, Assistant Director at the US Career Institute, Johns Hopkins University, and Managing Editor and Producer for 38 North, to have a deeper look at the North's nuclear capacity. Thank you for joining us. Sure, I'm happy to be here. So the Pyongyang Joint Declaration suggested North Korea would dismantle the Yongbyong nuclear facility if the US would make corresponding measures. So this is a facility that we heard Professor E mention briefly before, that it had been subject to a freeze in the past. It was rebooted again. So how much importance should we be placing on that potential concession and how far will the US have to compromise first? Well, I think we need to be a little bit careful um, as to, you know, what has actually been committed. And I, I think, you know, it's even more conditional than, than how you framed it. It's basically in the Pyongyang Declaration, they did talk about mm-hmm. they would be willing to do something like this, like shutting down um, Yongbyon, um, if there's reciprocal measures. They did not necessarily commit to doing it if there's specific measures. So, I think there, there's still a lot more that needs to be negotiated here. But if uh, if the North Koreans are willing to permanently shut down um, Yongbyon, it is significant um, because this is their major um, fissile material production facility. Mm. And so this is, you know, where they produce plutonium, um, highly enriched uranium, possibly tritium for hydrogen bombs. And so mm. there is real practical value of being able to shut that down um, as well as to be able to verify the shutdown and if we can then create also a verification mechanism for other suspected sites um, as we go through this to be able to get more of the physical material production um, capability. It's one of the things that um, you at 38 North have done so well is to keep the world informed on developments that Otherwise, we would perhaps have to rely on governments to inform us about, like satellite imagery in North Korea. Uh, we, we heard North Korea is uh, deciding to permanently destroy its missile engine test site and launch pad in Dongchangni and already dismantled its nuclear test site at Pungeri. Where should we be focusing our attention when we see these reports from 38 North and other outlets in terms of seeking progress and denuclearization? Um, well, you know, these moves uh, that North Korea has done so far unilaterally, um, of course, do not affect North Korea's core nuclear capabilities. These are confidence-building measures um, in order to encourage the negotiation process to move forward. Um, you know, the, the bulk of the programs and, you know, again, the physical material production, the missile production, the nuclear weapons themselves, you know, this still all needs to be negotiated. And these programs, you know, generally are continuing um, until that agreement is made. Um, in the meantime, though, they are confidence-building measures, but they do come with the expectation that the U.S. is also going to take corresponding measures. And I think that's where the real X factor is here and where there's a lot of, um, where there's very little clarity um, mm, as to what the U.S. Uh, is willing to do. Well, well, our previous guest, who I'm sure you're familiar with, Professor Isong Yoon, was, and has consistently, it must be said, suggesting <laughs> that, you know, we should not give any way. Uh, in fact, sanctions need to be toughened, he told us in the past. That's one view, you know, to, to kind of, 
hold out on this siege until North Korea breaks. That, he, he admitted, is pretty much not possible any longer because uh, President Trump has dug a hole for himself and the likes of China and Russia have altered their strategy. What's your view on, on, the, on the best way forward from here? Well, honestly, you're not going to get very far if it isn't under a sort of action-for-action principle, because this is how the North Koreans are approaching the situation. Um, There's a lot of room, though, as to what those actions should be or could be. Um, And I think if you look at the Singapore Summit Declaration, as um, ambiguous as it is on details, it does give you sort of the, the broad category of the types of things that North Korea considers important. So, of course, the number three thing on there is, you know, North Korea committing to, denu- to working towards denuclearization. Um, but the first two things deal with, um, you know, changing the nature of the U.S.-DPRK relationship. And the second one is on peace building. And these are sort of the areas in which you can make um, concessions where it doesn't necessarily have to start with sanctions, lifting of sanctions, um, but can start with, you know, actions that lead towards better relations overall. Um, so, you know, and on the sanction side of stuff, you could even do things as um, simple as, you know, uh, committing to no new sanctions as long as, you know, negotiations are ongoing versus, you know, lifting sanctions right away. But, you know, there's things that can be done like, you know, setting up liaison offices, um, the, um, you know, uh, lifting the travel ban, um, things that actually show that you're willing to have a different political relationship. And I think this is also where the end of war declaration becomes very important as to how far um, we can actually get in this process, because I think the North Koreans are looking at this as sort of a physical, um, tangible sign that a different relationship is actually possible. We're all talking about what will happen if and when Chairman Kim again meets with President Trump, but we are going to see Secretary of State Mike Pompeo get together with North Korea's key diplomat, Lee Yong-ho, in uh, New York this week. What's your expectation for that meeting? Well, I don't think that meeting has actually been confirmed. It, it has, you know, um, Secretary Pompeo has invited uh, Lee Yong-ho for a meeting, um, and it will be a positive measure if it, you know, if it does actually take place. Um, and it's, it'll be interesting to watch because, again, Secretary Pompeo's interlocutor until now has been Kim Young-chol, not Ri Young-ho. Um, so it could be a, you know, there could be other implications as to whether or not the North Koreans actually accept that meeting. But I think, you know, at this point they're looking for, you know, the U.S. is looking for signs of, you know, what is it that the North Koreans are, are willing to do? They've heard messages from Moon Jae-in. They need to hear it from the North mm-hmm. Koreans directly. Um, and what is it that the North Koreans sort of expect in this process to figure out, you know, is that really something that the U.S. Um, can and is willing um, to, to do in order to get to keep moving down this road? Jenny Town, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure.